Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being a part of the service. Um, my name is Jesse Peterson. We are going to open up the phone lines so that if you have any questions concerning the um, this topic matter for today, you can call 1-800-411-BOND, 1-800-411-2663. And you can also email us church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town, name in town, your email, and uh, we can answer your question. They must be about the subject matter um, of the day, all right? Thank you for tuning in, and good morning to you guys. Good morning. Morning, morning, morning. I have been thinking about you guys all week, really all week, because I could not wait to get here this morning to find out if anybody had a life this week. Who remembered the subject from last week? Oh my God, no life. I was waiting because I, I was sure you gotta have feedback from last week. That is amazing. Nobody remember what we talked about last week? Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm that is, that's absolute mind blowing. Yes, sir. Um, well, I got some points. Because, last um, week? No, I, got, I get some points because um, this morning I realized that before the meeting that I forgot about last meeting. I haven't <laughs> thought about it at all during the week. So that's, that's points right there. You know, it's interesting in that God wants you to put these things first. He said, don't think about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, uh, who's going to be your friend. You know, think about these things first. You know, desire wisdom, want understanding. And once you get all of that, once you get wisdom and understanding, all this other stuff that you think about will come to you. It belongs to the children of God anyway. And so it is shocking not one person remember what the subject matter was last week. It means that you didn't think about it all week. And I said, make sure you think about this, and when you come back next Sunday, you're going to have some questions. Yes? Um, you know, since you asked the same question before, you know, is anybody having any life? Is there anything going on? You know what the funny thing is? Lots of things are going on. But you know what? They come and go. And I, I don't remember them anymore. As a matter of fact, there's really, I yeah. mean, there are a number of things going on with me during the course of the week. So that's and your I'm excuse for not remembering the subject from last week? No, no, that's, that's not an excuse. Oh. You know, and no, I, too I, happy. I said before anyway that I mean, I'm amazed myself how come I don't remember. That's, right. that's incredible. But as far as, yes, there's stuff going on. And you know what? I wish I would remember. I wish I would bring it, be able to bring it up now. Oh, okay. But I don't remember. I just don't remember. That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> so, nobody remember. Fabian, you don't remember the subject from last week. No, I don't. Amazing. Yes. I wasn't here last week, but Clint said something to the fact of uh, taking words personal. Affected by words. Remember that dialogue last week? Yes, yes. yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And I said, watch this week to see if you are affected by words. Because it is abnormal. Remember all that? We had yes. a Holy Ghost meeting last week. Yes, yes. Yeah, I remember now. Oh, now you remember. The whole week had gone by. You've been affected by words all week. Um, anybody affected by words this week, this past week? 
You don't know because you weren't paying attention, huh? <laughs> All right, well, that's a dead horse. <laughs> we move on to, yes, sir. Yes, okay. I, although I wasn't, here, I wasn't here last week, I felt that the, the power, uh, power of words, destructive power of words was a cornerstone of what we, uh, what we learned, uh, learned here. In a way, I'm surprised a person can forget. Any, even uh, even the best of us can forget uh, and get that simply we're too probably because we're too involved with words to know how effective they are. And you're too involved with them. That's right. You're absolutely too involved with words. You don't stand apart from them, and that's a big mistake. You don't stand apart from them, and you're affected by them. Anybody here affected by words? Yeah. Yeah. That's abnormal to be affected by words. And we talked about that last week. I was just waiting to get here today because I knew I, I was going to have all kind of testimonies about it. Yes, ma'am. You know, I always hear that words are powerful. Is that from you? I, I know from the other person they're not supposed to mean anything. But right. if they're your own words, I mean, aren't you affected by your own words? Now, when people say words are powerful, I think they mean that they can make you or break you because you're subject to words and then they will affect you. But if you're not subject to them, they won't affect you. So I guess that's what they mean when they say words are powerful. And that's why they're trying to ban words. So you can't use certain words because they see that they affect, affect people's lives. But if you ban one word, I'm just gonna find another word to use on you because it's easy to react to the next word. I guess that's what they mean when they say words are powerful. Yes, sir. I thought she was getting to referring to our own words. Well, that too. Oh, our own words? Right. I don't know what that means. Like what uh, we say. Yeah. What, what we, we say. say. Oh, yeah. Careful what you say. You can condemn yourself. <coughs> yeah, you can condemn yourself with words. Because if you speak negative, that's what you're going to bring back to yourself. And a lot of people do that. They get up every day, oh, poor me. You know, why me? Why are you treating me this way? You're mean to me, and you're just condemning yourself. I'm no good, I'm, you know, yeah. In that way, yes. Life and death is, is a uh, power of the tongue. So can you separate yourself from that? Yes. There is a wordless way of living, and that's what people don't understand. There is a wordless way of living that brings life instead of death. There's no negative involved in it at all, no doubt. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Yes. But it's just quietly hidden away from you. And it goes everywhere you go, but you don't see it that is with you. Yes. That makes sense? Yes, it does. Yes, okay. So See, you don't only remember last week's thing. Um, so, um, um, is it possible that you could be separated from, you know, what people say, but still question them about, you know, why is it they're saying what they're saying? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you could not be affected by it, but ask the person, what are you talking about? Are you right. insane? Like, where, where did that come from? Yeah, like exactly. As a matter of fact, you have a responsibility <coughs> to try to help that person overcome. And if you're questioning them about what they're saying and doing, the intent <coughs> is uh, and you're hoping that they will wake up to what they're doing and get over it, or what they're saying. You have a responsibility to do that. 
Not by force, though. Right. You know, if they don't want to hear it, then you back off. That makes sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's not really, is it the word that we're reacting to, or is it the meaning of the word we're reacting to? Um, the whole deal. It's the because meaning. The word has a meaning or an intent behind it. Let's say that if you already feel that you're no good, right? And then I come along and say, you know what, you're no good. Go sit down. And you already feel that way about yourself because you've condemned yourself. Then that word is going to make you feel that that's true about yourself. That now I see you that way too, and you're going to react to that as well. And so it's just going to add to your uh, demeaning of yourself that you already have. So you're saying I have word ideas already. Yeah. Yeah. Ideas. Yes. Yes. Which is a sin. Con uh, ideas about myself, ideas that I'm good, ideas that I'm bad. Yes. Ideas about myself. Right. right. And that's why you have to dump all ideas about yourself. Yes. You have to dump them. The good and the bad ones. Because someone will come along and control you with words. And they may not realize what they're doing. They're doing. Because a lot of times we, re over, re, we uh, overreact to people and they think, why are you mad at me? I didn't mean any harm. And I'm just saying something and you're totally overreacting to it. Because you already have this idea about yourself. Do you have an idea about yourself? Well, I'm, I'm sure I do. What kind of person <laughs> are you? Well, I've got a history. You've got a history in your life. You know what you've done in the past. You know what you incline, what your inclinations are to do. Right. So you know you have some knowledge about yourself. But you can have an understanding about that without having an idea about it. An understanding of it without an idea about it. Yes. An understanding that you've done that. Right. But not necessarily a conclusion, you mean? Right. It could be over. It's something you did then and not now. That makes sense? <coughs> Say it again. It's something that happened then. That's what I mean it's happening over, now. Over the past, yes. Yeah. Yes. But if you have an idea about it, it reminds you of it, it's like as though it's happening right now. You know? Even if, if I have an idea that I'm going to do the same thing that I've done in the past. It will happen. Because you shouldn't have an idea. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's a setup. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Life is so nice. Life is something else. <laughs> If, if you can just spend 90% of your time discovering and 10% of your time working, you'll have a happy life. Because it is something, I was telling someone yesterday, life is something else. This, this thing where God said, seek first the kingdom of God in his right way and everything will be added, that's some deep stuff. But it, when you discover it's so, it's so much life into it. And this whole Jesus thing and all that, there's just so much to it, right, that we don't understand. And when we discover this, it is mind-blowing. It blows your afro off. See, I don't have an afro today. I discovered something yesterday, and it just blew my afro away. But it's in a person like, I cannot understand what you're talking about. But it's in all of us to know if you seek God first, if you just put him first, 
you know, want to know, want to understand. It is absolutely mind-blowing. There's so much life into it. But it's so much, so many things are hidden from us that we just don't see. And it's amazing. You got looking too serious for me. Yes. I have seen, notice in my life that what I've been watching the words in my head because I've seen the way that if I respond to the words in my head, I will respond to words on the outside from people. But if I... You know, but you didn't pay attention to that this week. Yeah, I have. I have been watching the words. You didn't remember the, the assignment. True, but I have been watching the words in my head. Definitely, I've been. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't remember your specific instructions. But, right. But that's helped me a lot because, um, you know, in the past I would react to the words in my head, and that would cause me to be real emotional, real reactive to the world. Right. It will. Words will destroy you because of your relationship with words, whether in your head or from another person. And, it, and, and, and sometimes it sounds like me. It will use my, it's like it's trying to act like me, yeah. you know, but it's, that's just another way for it to try to suck me in. It's like it plays like it's us, but it's not. And right. it, it's, it's, it's just, it's like a, a trick that it does. Um, are you growing beyond that? Because you've known that for a long time, right? Yeah. Is there any maturity beyond that? Yeah. And I what am is growing. it? Yeah. What is it? Um, I'm just I'm just becoming more of myself. I'm being more honest. Um, uh, I I feel like I don't have fear now to do the things that I should do. That you know I've always had like, you know, changing my career and. Starting a business. And Did you change careers? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I got an interview next week for oh. a different. Yeah, a different position. Getting yeah. off the road. No more driving. And, yeah. No more hiring. I want to get off the road now. Like. Who's a driver? Sooner the better. And I've been doing it for 26 years. And before, that was my cocoon. Now I don't want the cocoon. Yeah. You know, I want. I want to grow. I want to be everything that I should be. The one thing I want you guys and ladies to know: we'll come here. We fellowship, right? and we get clues about life. Yes. But I don't want you to grab that and just hold on to it. Let it go. Because there's so much more than what we say here in these meetings. So you have to resist the temptation to hold on to what you learn here. And you shouldn't be learning here. You should be discovering here. You know, you know I'm the teacher and you're the student, but I should become the student as, student as well. I should be learning from you guys as you're learning from me. I come here not to just teach you, but to learn from you as well. And believe me, I'm learning. I'm learning you guys don't have a life. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. But I'm learning. But I'm learning from you as well. I pay close attention to you, what you say. I really do. Okay, I see a whole bunch of hands, so I have to move fast. Yes, ma'am. You almost did. Okay. Yes, sir. I noticed yesterday morning um, a situation where I lost my uh, cell phone while I was out running, and I had to go back and look for it. And uh, at one point I couldn't find it, and then I had this little piece here, this this piece that holds the phone to my body, and it came out of my pocket while I was looking for the phone, and it's a brown thing. It's attached to a, a case, which is a brown case, and the point is. That, God is showing us things all the time, 
and I just realized in that because I didn't pay attention when it came out of my pocket. Yeah. But I, so I was walking around the. Uh, I was looking for my phone, but I was looking for my phone, which has a silver. Uh, it's silver. So in my mind, I kind of had a mindset of looking for silver. Yeah. My phone is not what I was actually should have been looking for. Was my case, which is holding my phone, which is brown. And when the thing came out of my pocket, it was this little brown piece of the case. Yeah. And it was a way of God like trying to give me a little clue. Don't look for a silver phone. Look, you didn't drop your phone. You dropped the phone with the case around it. That's a good point. You know yeah. So it would occur to me is that, uh, that this is one little piece that I didn't notice that God was telling me. And I was thinking to myself, how many times is God telling us that? All the time he's yeah. giving us little things he's little putting in clues. our lives. And we're just too dense to like see that he's trying to talk to us. People don't pay attention to the small things. And that's the problem. And the greater lesson in that, you should not be running with a cell phone on you. <laughs> yeah. God said, leave the cell phone at home if you're going to run. That's the greater lesson. I see people running with cell phones, swimming in the pool with cell phones, <laughs> having dinner with cell phones, trying to get a date with cell phones. Hey, put the phone down. What did we do before they had cell phones? Before they invented cell phone, did you take the house phone running with you? <laughs> I got a long cord. <laughs> you can leave the cell phone at the house on the run. Nothing is going to happen that important. If it does, take care of it when you get there. If your wife have a heart attack while you're out running, there's nothing you can do anyway. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Yeah, I don't know if I, I mean, I, not necessarily to me, but... It makes sense to run with your cell phone? Yeah, actually it does. <laughs> does it make sense, Lena? <clears throat> there are no calls coming in during running time. Did anybody call you while you're running? No, but I can, I can use the phone if I, if I want to use the phone. Oh, he doesn't right. need a cell phone. Like, hey, Jesse, what's going on? <laughs> I'm on a run. No, leave the cell phone. No emergency is going to happen while you're running. Believe me, I promise you that. It didn't happen when we had the house phones where there were no cell phones. No emer you notice that? No emergency ever happened while you're running before they made the cell phone. On top of it, you got voicemail. So when you get back, you can pick up exactly who called. I see people texting while running. <laughs> you ever seen that? Texting while they have a texting contest now. I was telling Scott about that the other day. White people are so smart. Wherever there's an opportunity to make money, they'll do it. Now texting is a big, big event. You had all these people sitting around the stadium, these guys having a contest, trying to see who can do it the fastest. And this one guy won $50,000 because he was the fastest. I'm like, wow, why couldn't I have thought of that? It was like, a, it was like being at a tennis game. So white people are smart. That's why I hang out with white folks. <laughs> they know how to make the money. <laughs> but leave your cell phone at home while you're running and swimming. It's okay. I don't have my. I don't bring my cell phone to the meetings at all. If anybody need counseling between now and 12:30, if they can't hold out, they just have to die. There's a long bridge at the end of the road, you know. <laughs> uh, yes, sir people are trying to avoid is the uh, dang answer machine. If you don't have your cell phone with you at all times, 
You get behind, and then all those messages you got to listen to. And that's the same. That's how you think about your phone, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you try and stay ahead of those messages that'll pile up. That's how the mind works. The devil is always getting us involved in something. I don't want to uh, hang out too long on this. Any other questions? I saw some more hands somewhere. Yes, sir. I was going to say, this um, topic is so relevant to me right now because um, in like the last uh, 15 years, all these things that I judged, even my whole life, um, uh, it's like I have to go through them now. It's like uh, all my opportunities are towards those uh, <laughs> things I judged with words and ideas, yeah. and so now I'm submerged in them. Yes, sir. I get that practical moves for me. Yeah. <laughs> for all these things I resisted with ideas and words, and now it's, it's just this opportunity for me to do what I didn't do before yeah. and find out who I am within that environment. Yeah. And I see that if I resist it in that way with words and ideas, about myself and about other people that's not true, yeah. then I'm stuck. And it's, it's just, it's a, it's a strange blessing that could easily be uh, a curse if, by how I look at uh, what's going on in my life. So you're so involved in judging that... I was. Right. Are you and I feel kind of like I have to go back and, and visit or, or go be around the uh, people and things that I judged. Oh, I see. So in the past, you judged everybody and everything. Yeah. And you got stuck in that mode of judging. Now that you're starting to wake up, you feel you need to go back to see if you're still judged? Or, or, or do what? I, um, it's not, I don't feel like it's really me going, you know, making that choice to go back there. Because if I had my way, or the way of my thoughts and my feelings, I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't go back? No, I would. I you wouldn't. wouldn't judge or you wouldn't go back to the people you've judged? I'm not getting it. I'm dumb. I'm black. Well, I'm just saying that... Um, Pat, you understand what he's saying? Pat is my helper. Pat is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you get it? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not uh, getting it. I, I had I had real specific ideas for what I thought my life was going to be. Right. What I thought my life was going to be. I understand that. And all my ideas. Yeah. And um, uh, I I made a point of, uh, and and a lot of those ideas were also judging other um, people and uh, maybe careers. And now. I find myself in those things that I was judging, maybe because I was drawn to them, because I was judging them. But um, that's where I am. So now, uh, I feel like I'm confronting myself and uh, having to uh, find out who I am be without those ideas and words. But. Um, if you don't understand, I do. <laughs> so, no, I'm just listening. So, I look like I don't understand. I don't know. Well, you said it earlier, but uh, <clears throat> uh, I don't know if you do or not. But it's relevant to me what we're saying. Yeah, I'm glad. They're about to call me to drink. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. 
You understand what he's saying? Well, I realize, listening to him, that kids don't go through all this mess. No, do Ten, you understand what he's saying? I, I do not. I mean, I, I sort of lose interest. Because I want to help him. Yeah, I, I just kind of space out lose interest because I, I realize kids don't have all this stuff that they're trying to overcome and all this. They just solve it simply um, like my nephew did yesterday. He did this wrong to his brother. He twisted his arm behind his back because his brother made him mad. And then he realized that that was wrong, an overreaction, and he just badgered his brother to apologize him to, come on, I'm sorry, come on, you know, um, uh, you know. Can they help him? And um, they don't get caught in all this <laughs> mumbo jumbo that you're trying to figure out in the head of my career and all this. They just, they just do. And then they, and when they do wrong, they just apologize, and then they're done. Did that help? Uh, let me, just for the second time, you're saying that you realize that your whole life you had an idea how your life should be, including your career. And so you've looked at other people and tried to emulate them or, or create a career like them or a life like theirs. And now you realize that that's wrong um, or that's not working. <clears throat> No, that's no. I wasn't saying that. But uh, this young lady has it. I, I think I'm not sure, but I think <coughs> you used to you used to judge people and their careers and their their life the Just way everything their, everything the right. way their life was, and now you find that you are what you judged. Right. You became what you judged, and now you have to live that. Live it without judging it. Without hating it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have to live that life that you created from judging. You got to live it now without hating it. Right. Oh, okay. And how are you doing that? How are you living that life without hating it? I just take you know one step at a time and do what I have to do or do what uh, seems right. Are you overcoming it? I, yeah, is it something that you want to overcome? Um, definitely. No, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know why I'm not, I'm not being clear. Like I said, a lot of, uh, I have issues with speaking up, so. Well, I'm yeah. glad you're saying it. Don't worry about how you look. Yeah. Don't worry that we're thinking this guy's really insane. Right. What is the work? No, I'm kidding. Don't worry about what we're going to think about it. This is where you speak up about it. All right. So, well, yeah, I made my attempt to speak up, but, it, you know, I didn't articulate well enough. And it may come clear to you later how to explain it. At least you bring it to the forefront. Right. So don't, don't let that shut you down. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. My problem with words is, like, like I kind of know what's wrong with me, but I don't like to hear people tell me. <laughs> you already know it, I don't need you to tell me. <laughs> you already know it, huh? But if you already, okay, yeah, you're right. You already know it, but do you resent knowing that about yourself? Yeah. And that's why I worry so fast, you When people tell me things about myself, and if it's true, it doesn't bother me because I, I don't I already know me. I'm pretty messed up, right? <laughs> and so when people say it, I'm okay with it. Like, yeah, that's right. So tell me something I don't know about myself. And that way the words don't hurt because I see that they're telling the truth. I don't resent what I see about myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And so you got to stop resenting what you see about yourself so that if someone brings it up, it doesn't bother you. That makes sense? Yeah. Resentment is, a, is of the devil. It is painful. It's a painful existence. You got to let go of all your resentment. By the way, the number if you want to call in is 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. Or you can text or uh, uh, email at church at church at bondinfo.org church at bondinfo.org um, yes ma'am oh, um, <clears throat> it seems to me as, as Stephanie said that it's, I see the same thing in me because that's like my biggest problem it's like the core of everything that's wrong with me is just I hate the truth I hate, I hate everything you know I <laughs> I grew up, you know, hating reality, really. You hate I the just truth wanted... and you hate the lie, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Say that again. You hate the truth and you hate the lie. Yeah. But um, I was going to say what my one of the things I see is I'll see hear these words in my head and then I'll start analyzing them. Uh, why those words? You know, right. why is that? You know, and that's another trick to get you involved. You but know? you have heard over and over again not to listen to words in your imagination. Haven't you? Yes. I Why do you keep doing it? I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. I think I, you know, I can give you an answer that my thought words say you're a bad person, you're this, you're that. I just really don't know. Are you a bad person? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. I'll come back to you, bad person, in a minute. Okay. Uh, you, yeah. you just said a moment ago that you're all messed up. Yes. Can you elaborate on that? You want to know how I'm all messed up? No, because let me, let me tell you the reason why. Uh, I don't mind no, telling you if you want no, to know. No, no. You know, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not around you every day. Right. You know, I just come here on Sunday. No, I'm pretty messed up. I am all messed up. <laughs> no, because, because I can't, I can't see that at all. I can't see that. Isn't that I nice? See, I can't see that you are. Uh, I'm all messed up. up. Yeah. I can't see that. You think I'm not messed up? Uh, no. You have to correct. You, you think I'm not messed up? Um. Yeah. And you do too. You guys are insane. Oh. <laughs> the preacher's messed up too. Look at Pat, amen to that. Let me tell you how messed up. I absolutely realize of myself I can do nothing. I don't trust myself. I don't trust that thing that's made a home in me, that not, not me, because it comes and tries to talk. I realize that I don't know anything. Every decision that I come out to try to make on my own, it messes my, my life up. It's like I'm nothing, I'm really nothing. I'm just nothing, and I can't trust me. So what I've done is to try to understand what's going on so I can live by the one that God is my life. Because if I put it out there, I'm, I'm gone, I'm a goner. But, but, uh, I'm but weak and insecure when I trust that. I don't see you living this way. Right, because I'm letting this other one guide me. Yes. I can't trust me to guide my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I see. That's right, what I well, see that's what I'm doing. Yes. But see, I see that about myself, and I don't resent seeing that about myself. I'm glad to see that about myself, so I can live this other life. Yes. So I have to watch myself, I have to pray, 
I have to be aware so that I don't drift off into la la land. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That makes sense? Yes. Yeah. And that's why I'm telling you guys you got to do the same thing. I'm no different than you except that right now I'm seeking the other way. Yes. But I would be out there in la la land too if I trust in me, myself. I'm all messed up. Yes. Um, I have something on the sort of cell phone um, being affected by words topic. Yes. Um, I guess I have the problem of not paying close enough attention to my cell phone when it rings oh. anyway. And um, it's usually my parents, um, you know, and, and they get frustrated with it, understandably. Um, so I was dri driving to the gym the other day, and I don't, it's only like a three minute, five minute drive, and there's no, I don't really get service on the way there. Um, but when I got to the gym, uh, the person there, you know, said, sort of like signaled the person working at the desk that he was on the phone with someone. He's like, oh, call your dad at home or something. I thought that was kind of weird. So I, I called him at home on the phone there, and, um, you know, he just said, you know, started sort of yelling at me like, you know, you didn't answer your phone, you know, but just like really, like, he wasn't, but he didn't like really communicate any message to me except like, um, sort of criticizing me for not answering my phone, you know, and but it was like, why did you want me to call you at home if, you know, you're going to say all this? And, but I actually wasn't as affected as I thought I would be yeah. by, you know. Was it an emergency? It wasn't. Was it an emergency? No, he wanted to tell me when one of my appointments was. But I saw that, um, I guess I wasn't affected because I, I saw that it wasn't um, personal. Right, good. Um, yeah. yeah, he was just, um, you know, angry with sort of like outer circumstances. But Did you tell him that's ridiculous, that you're angry about this? Um, I didn't at that point because, um, you know, last week I sort of asked you about the difference between like suppressing my anger and reacting right. to it. And, you know, I'm not really sure when it would be a reaction and that kind of a thing. But I just, I didn't think it was appropriate at that point because he was really angry, like very angry. And so I thought that, you know, I was just going to make him react more. And what was the point? And I didn't want to react back. Yes. So I just kind of listened and then he hung up anyway. And I mean, the, the guy that, you know, had me call him was like, oh, is everything okay? Is there an emergency? Like that <laughs> yeah. kind of a thing. That's another thing that cell phones have done. They have caused everything to be an emergency. Now, if someone don't answer the phone when you, when you call them, you're cursing them out. Why didn't you answer your phone? Like you're stuck on the side of the road or, the, or a hurricane is coming or something. But people yell at you and scream at you because you don't answer your phone. Have you noticed that? Anybody ever done that to anybody? And it's, it's about nothing. But when we had landline phones only, you had to wait until that person called back. Isn't that true? Yes. And I think that's terrible that he yelled at you like that. And you need to correct that when it happens. Right. They say, Pops, yeah. calm down. This is not an emergency. Yeah. And I don't know when he, like, I've just been seeing him act silly like that. And it makes me resent him. And I'm trying not to judge him. But I see myself judging him all the time when he repeatedly yeah. does things like that. And do try to communicate it to him. Yeah, you need to speak up more about it. Yeah. Really, because if you don't, you're going to suppress it, and anger is going to come out. Yeah. you got to speak up. Well, you got to tell your dad, you know, Dad, you, you're overreacting. You're you acting need... silly kind yeah. of thing, and, like, you it doesn't really to. matter when I do it. It doesn't matter. It does, okay. Yeah. Because that, I don't know, that, that has been bothering me. When yeah, you got to get, see, you while at home is when we should work out all these issues, mm -hmm. as many as possible, because if we can work them out with our parents, it's going to be easy out in the world. And that's what the parents are, they're our teachers. You know, so right. I would advise you, not if you're home, you know, until you go back to school, I would try to get all this stuff worked out while I'm with my parents. Does it make sense to be yelling about uh, 
course. Does it make sense that you were upset that she didn't answer her phone and wasn't an emergency? Does that make sense? First of all, is it true? Uh, I, I shouldn't just take her word about it. Were you upset and yelling because she didn't answer the phone? Well, this was all precipitated by, I'm, I'm down working from like 7 in the morning, and I got two or three other people up in the house unconscious till about 10 or 11 when they decide to get up. And I'm, I'm down there with a cell phone only that doesn't work too well, and I'm, I, I need some form of communication because I've got some problems that have arisen. And I'm, I'm, I'm calling four different phones, and I get no answers. I call her phone four times. She's backing out of the driveway, and I'm calling her. She should have her phone on. I mean, Why? she should. Yeah, she shouldn't. Look, you want to, you live a disorganized life. I like mine organized. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not, in other okay. words, you, you need... You can have an organized life, but you can't organize her life with your life. Well, then she can start paying rent. That's amazing. <laughs> pay, pay rent, and that's your freedom, pay rent. And that's the problem living with other people as an adult. They respect, you she know, should help us out. She should have the spirit of let's help out here. <clears throat> but she can't organize her life around your life. No, just because she you, can't Maybe do she that. wanted an or, unorganized life. Just turn the phone on, okay? You know, just flip the buttons no, on. You, so, <laughs> no, I think, I think, it was, uh -uh. I think it, what happened was um, the phone was on vibrate and or it didn't ring because we don't get service around our house. But that means neither here nor there. Yeah. Well, the especially when I go to the gym, I leave my phone in the car anyway. I don't yeah. bring it into the gym because, you know. Same here. Yeah. Are you, expect, are you Did you think you were right <laughs> for being angry at her for not having her phone? No, those are, there's no reason to be angry over all of those little so mini, why do you do it? mini incidences. Why do you do it? Are you joking about it or are you serious? I'm serious. You can't be angry at somebody else's life. I mean, that is judgment. That is God all the way. This is an adult person now. Her, she has her own life. And did she sign a promissory note that says, once I get my phone, Dad, I'm going to organize my phone around your life. <laughs> did she have that kind of agreement with you? Um, yeah. He's <laughs> 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 laughing himself. You know, <laughs> she normally is pretty good about it. I was frustrated this particular morning because. But were you wrong? Everyone else is uh, on vacation, surfing, laying on the beach. Were you wrong? I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. affecting your yeah, daughter. You know, we're laughing about it. It is affecting her. And it, it affects people all around you when um, you let out your anger in that way. You know, you get you know, I guess you get over it right after that moment. You forget about it, but like. If the people don't know how to deal with it properly, like including, you know, my mother, then they're, you know, that remains, you know, they're affected by it, you know, it's, it doesn't just go away. And yeah. you don't want to be putting that kind of energy into the world. It's just really negative, you know, it's like thinking you're God and, yes. you know, if someone... Um, the thing about it for us, ask the father of your children and the husband of your wife, you have a higher calling, and if what she's saying is true, then what you're displaying. What fathers do to their children affects their souls. It's not just a joke. It affects their life, and your daughter is trying to work this stuff out with you, and if you're not on board with her, 
trying to get an understanding why she's feeling that way and to show her how to overcome it, you're causing damage to her life. And she's going to go out into the world and be attracted to a, become attracted to a man just like you in life, and hell will continue. Your role is not just a joke in life. When your kids are complaining like this, they're doing it because they're crying out for help from their father. It's not something that you could just brush off and say, oh, whatever, you know, your life is unorganized. You got to take a little more serious than that because you are blessed in that you have an opportunity to do it while she's home. She's going to be leaving again soon. <coughs> and you want to know with confidence that I've been the best father I could be with my daughter. She's out in the world. I want to have laid foundations that she can live by, not be deceived by other men, not being affected by her friends, not worried about life because she has confidence in her father. But if you leave home angry and resentful at the father, she's going to catch hell out there in the world. The father is not a joke. And she's crying out to help, for help from you right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. What do you think about that? It makes sense. Yeah, it's not just, it's not just a little play thing. I would battle is a spiritual battle. And the devil, we may be laughing at it, but it's hurting our children. It's hurting other people. And men have to be careful as to how they react to the world around them. Now, some things, we're not supposed to be tripping out and all, you know, but we have to be cautious of how we treat our children, our wives, our environment, because of who we represent on earth. Yes? I was just going to say, I don't want to resent my dad. It's painful. It hurts. And I can see that it, it's a burden, you know, and it's, you know, I know that he might not change, but, you know, I don't yeah. want to be weighed down by my resentment. Yeah. And I can see you hurt, too. You, um, how old are you now? 21. You're 21. You know, you are an adult now, and you're going to have to find it in your heart to realize that he can't help himself. You know, he would like to do right if he could, if he saw to do right. And he can't, so in those, in the moments that he's weak, you have to see him for what he is and forgive him, let it pass. You know, speak up about it, but don't hold it against him so God can free you up from that. Because you're right, he may not ever change. And your changing is not dependent on whether he changes or not. You know, God is, you know, he said that once we become an adult, then we're responsible for our own action. So in reality, you are responsible. Mm -hmm. And he may not participate. But you have to forgive him, see that resentment, allow yourself to feel it, but let it pass. And then if he never changes, you still can have a relationship with him. Because after a while, that resentment is going to become so strong that you're going to start avoiding him. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you get married, you won't let the kids come and play with them and all that kind of stuff. And you don't want to get to that point. And right. you will get to that point if you don't forgive him. That makes sense? Yes. Yeah. So while you're home, take advantage of that. You know, be honest with him, speak up to him, feel what you feel, but let it go. And then you'll leave free. He may not change because he can have a set idea in his head how things should be and not really growing from that. He may not be discovering how things should be, but he's doing the best that he can do. He's operating with the information that he has. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. 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 And I don't think he wants to be like this. No, you know? I know I, he I know doesn't. he wants to be good. I know him well enough to know that he doesn't. Right. You know, sometimes when you get that age, it's just hard. <coughs> but he doesn't want to be that way, that's for sure. And if you could just realize that, it will help you to forgive him. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. 
Yeah. Then I'll come to you. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. it come down to fathers spend a lot of their time trying to make money and get things done? You know, in the family. Yeah. They, they have a business and they're trying to get things done. These things that seem very important. Yeah. And, you and you're right. It is a father's responsibility to provide for his family, yes. but he also has a responsibility to be spiritually there for his children. That's right. But because that's, that's what a hurt is. It turns into a different circuit because you're on the get things done circuit. Right. And then you got this other circuit on another frequency, which is slow down, listen yeah. to what your your children don't have to make it an important. It's, it's a whole different kind of thing. That's right. I was uh, talking to my youngest brother the other night, and he grew up with my father. And there were some of us who did not grow up with him. And, you know, they got all kind of issues about wanting more of my dad, right? And they, they are thinking that my younger brother is really close to him. And so I'm, I'm, I called up my younger brother and I said, uh, do you have any issues with my dad? He's like, oh, yeah, maybe one. I said, well, what is that? He said, I wish that my father and I were closer. And I was shocked to hear him say that. Because I've had this impression, too, that they are, were closer because they grew up together. And for some reason, I just thought they were closer. And I said, well, have you ever said that to him? And he said, no, I never said that. And, and kids reach out. They, they inwardly, spiritually, they need that spiritual connection, that love with their fathers. That's what's missing. And that's what uh, Kelly is crying out for. She needs a spiritual connection with her father. But she may not get it from the earthly father, but if you can forgive him, realize that he's doing the best that he can do, then God will, once you forgive him, God will cause you to forgive him. Then God will cause you to spiritually connect with him. And it will feel as though you have a father. It will feel as though nothing is missing in life. And that's what this battle is all about, reconnecting with the father. And that's what kids are upset about. They don't care about the money. They care about that spiritual disconnection that they have with their fathers. Boys and girls, men and women, of all races. It's not a race thing, it's a spiritual thing. What is missing is that spiritual disconnection from father. But if you can forgive him, and God will forgive you, he will cause it to come together. And your dad will still be the same. My dad is the same man, same old person. But I love him. I don't feel like anything is missing. And I don't feel like I need him. Because I'm fulfilled now. I love the Father. And that's, what, that's why you got to, while you're home, work that out. And don't expect anything from him. He's given all that he can give. It's not, it, it has to come from you. That makes sense? Yeah. Does that help a little bit? That helps a lot. Yeah. Yes, sir. <clears throat> when you said before, Forrest, uh, when the conversation was going on about the cell phone, and that, uh, well, you don't need to say I'm name. sorry, Kelly. Kelly I'm you don't necessarily have to say her name. Just say uh, your daughter or and something. And when Kelly said that, uh, you know, and she didn't answer the phone, and you were upset. And in the course of this conversation, you said, "Well, then you go pay rent." You know, that was mean. That was really mean of you to say that to your father, because she didn't listen to the phone. I mean, she didn't answer the phone, and this and that, and, and whatever the conversation was. But it was really mean. You say that to your daughter. Yeah. Do you ever yell at your son about not answering his phone? No. You never yell at him? No. He yells at me. He yells at me for not answering, answering the phone. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Me for not answering the phone. Like, your dad not calls you. I don't, I don't when, I get cut off, when I get cut off from the, uh, well, actually, 
when I try to call him or something like that, I can't remember the exact details. Does he ever yell at you when you don't answer the phone when he calls? Well, I have to. Uh, yes or no first. And yes. He does. Yes. So your father just said he didn't. He doesn't. He hasn't. Well, in, so, in a distant past, he used to. Yell at you like that? Yes. And how did you feel when you were young? Correct. Uh, how would you feel about it? Well, I felt kind of uh, unfairly treated. Unfairly treated. Yeah, it is unfair. Mm -hmm. Absolutely unfair. It's amazing what parents do to the children. A lot of them don't know that they're doing it. You know, they want, I know you want to do right with your son. But you got to, that's why you got to seek God first so you can understand the spiritual aspect of life and what you're doing. You got to see what you're doing. It's like we're lost in the darkness and don't see what we're doing. And that's the problem. That's why people have to wake up. They need, they need a, a, a revival. People need to wake up. Oh, and I want to ask you about Jesus in a minute. That's what I wanted to ask you about, and I didn't know that this was going to go on this long. But people got to wake up. People are asleep, and they're damaging other folks that don't know it because they can't see what they're doing. Even in the name of Jesus, they don't see what they're doing. And kids are hurting. They ain't got nothing to do with racism. It has nothing to do with money. It's a spiritual thing because if you're spiritually satisfied, you don't, feel, you don't, feel, you don't miss money. You know, it's, it's dumb to think you miss money. You're missing that love of a father. That emptiness is due to that. The resentment, the anger that you have. That's what it's all about. Um, let me take the young man behind you and then I'll come. Yes, sir. Thank you, the young man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think it's so much about money with Forrest. I think there's a self-righteousness in kind of the way he's been taught from other people that he's respected the people he's respected tend to be very blunt and uh, truth-telling, quote-unquote. Yeah. And so he's, he's living that life that he believes he's living that same life. But what he doesn't understand is those people that he respects don't have, they, they've let go of the, of, of the meanness in, in their heart, so yeah. they're able to do it with love. Yeah. Where he's doing it with the words, but he still has the unforgiven heart. And that's what's messing it all up for him. And Kelly, do you understand that? Yes. You do understand that? Yes. That he means well, he learned the truth, but he doesn't haven't discovered the truth. So he's operating with what he has. Right. I understand that when you're kids, it's hard to understand that. But now you're becoming an adult, and adult, it's time to start understanding that way. Right. You know. Yes, ma'am. Um, I disagree a little bit with what Martin said, uh, you know, about kids just being able to, you know, like, apologize. Because it actually can act, be that easy for adults, too. Just start new, and, and um, fortunately, I don't have a very good memory anymore, so you can, you can start. And I, I've been um, more patient in the last three or four weeks than I, I've been in, in my life. And so I mentioned last time at the end of the meeting that, um, you know, when you see somebody out of control or, or doing something um, so negative, it's almost laughable. I mean, you look at the way you're thinking. Well, you can only do that if you have no resentment in your heart at all. If you have no anger, so if she forgives her father completely, and he's overreacting, it would be funny. It would be. It, would, it was like looking at a movie or something. Right, but I'm just saying for, for me. I'm not talking yeah. about for, for um, uh, her. And and um, but it's in a way it's it's um, it's really good to be able to do that to kind of start you know fresh and and I, there was one time that I had a real bad 
thing with my daughter, and and uh, I apologized, you know, because I, I saw, you know, what the words had, had done. But yeah. you know, I was able to, to separate myself from, um, you know, the situation. And and really, it's almost been a month now that that I can I can see that, and I just um, I'm not either reacting to it. I'm yeah. actually not saying anything about it, you know, like I'm not sticking up or saying anything about it. I'm just, it's not really affecting me very much. Yeah. I've noticed a change in my mom. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. You got it. I mean, as parents, we have a response. We owe it to our children to be the best person that we could be, be of love and compassion. We owe that to our children. But if you don't see what's going on with yourself, you're not going to be able to do it. And that's where the problem is. People. Overcome my husband will be, it's actually a good thing. Yes. Gonna, what's going to make me well, and that's exactly right. See, the kids can go out and, you know, they don't have to come back if they don't want to, you right. know, but, but, so I don't feel like I'm, I'm trapped. I'm thinking, okay, this is my opportunity. This is, this is how I'm going to, um, just, you know, separate from, from the situation and just look at it and, and see how ridiculous, usually. Ridiculous. Sometimes it's sad, but ridiculous that it is. Yeah. The important thing, though, is, and I keep going back to this, because uh, if you can forgive, then God will forgive you, and he will give you a clean heart. And so when you, when you see a person suffering, you have compassion for that person. Because you can also, and not that you're doing this, but you can separate from a person, yet judge that person. You know, you can train yourself not to react, but you still have that judgment there. And that would still create a problem for you. I want, God want you to have compassion for the person so that you can hopefully help them overcome the issue. Because we represent him on earth and we need to have that love. Because a lot of folks just don't know what they're doing. They absolutely cannot see. And I see that during meditation. I mean, yes. It's like, okay, you know, when I do kind of go through something that, that I'm, I'm seeing, you know. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that will come more and more. Yeah, stay with the prayer and it will. Just stay with it. Yes, ma'am. Um, in this situation, um, I of course identify with this young girl, but because I had a father that was very um, mean, let's say just dysfunctional, whatever. But what I wanted, I'm trying to understand why, I mean I understand why she would want more from a father but let's say he's not a father. Let's say he's just a man that was nasty to her. Um, is it that the reason she got upset is because she has an ego? Is that why you get upset? Because you have an ego and you think, how dare somebody talk to me like that? I don't deserve that. Yes, ma'am. So it's all, it all comes back to, to getting rid of the ego. Uh, very good. That's right. We can take up tithe and offering. <laughs> we can take up tithe and offering and go home. You're absolutely right. She developed this ego as a child from resenting her parents first. You know, she, she, she started to develop it because no one was there to say, hey, don't resent it. You know, yes, the parent is wrong, but don't resent it. So she just thought, she started to, this is how kids are recreated in the image of their parents. She started to resent the situation and develop this ego. Now that she's an adult, she take it personally when her father is overreacting because it's hurting her pride. It's all about her ego, and that's why if she can forgive him 
then the ego would start to die, and the father would carry out the same act, but it would not affect her at all. So if she will um, see herself rise up, say, to get angry, but the anger, that if you stop the anger, or you look at the anger, not stop it, but you watch it, yes. and it diminishes, that will diminish her ego. Yes, ma'am. The ego lives off of uh, anger and judgment. That's the link. Yes. There's no other link. No. Just anger. Just, yes. Just anger. Yes, ma'am. But another thing And comes the ego in. is the consciousness of the physical body. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel the thing and act out. It's the mm -hmm. consciousness or the unconscious state, whatever you want to say. But it's the consciousness of the physical body, so it judges everything around it to stay alive, keep you angry. And just wa just watching it is enough. Just watching just it watching is enough. That's all you can really do. Okay. You watch it by speaking up when you need to, but you watch it. And, and you're watching your ego. It's God's love or his light shining into the darkness. And the light will destroy the darkness. Because the ego, the pride is of the devil, of the prince of darkness. So if you just watch it, it will be destroyed. It cannot live in the light. Okay, and then one other thing comes to my mind. When you said a child, uh, when a child is uh, growing and they get mad and they're building up their egos, sort of, you know, um, you don't want to suppress that anger, no. though. How no, as a child, you know, and you kindly say, hey, don't get angry. But don't try to suppress their ego because they kind of need it. They need it for a while. Yeah. They need it so that they can come together as husband and wife. They need it for exterior motivation. Yeah. But when they become adult is when they start to get rid of it. So don't suppress it. Don't say, oh, you're such a little ego going little kid. Say, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the ego is on the run. No, they need it. Yeah. But you're supposed to be a living example and kind of a reminder don't get so into your anger. But what Don't. if a child, a little child, um, two little kids are playing and you could see one's getting angry. Right. And, you, and they say, don't get angry. Well, well, you won't say it like that if you're coming from the right place. Uh -huh. You would talk to them the way that your father would talk to you. You know, why are you so angry about it? You know, he would give you the words to say. Because you could traumatize your kids by jumping on it like that. Right. That's why you need to be born again so you can see how to deal with your kids. If you try to learn how to deal with them, you're going to mess them up. I know people who have learned about anger and resentment, and they adopted on their kids, and the kids are all messed up now. Because it came from the intellect, from the ego mind instead of the spiritual mind. Okay. Yeah. So, so, be, so excuse me. No, 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 go ahead. When you said before, you said that you're messed up and that um, it's because you see that you can't do anything yes. for yourself. Right. You got rid of your ego then. It's dying every it's day. Dying. Yes, ma'am. It's dying because I can now see. And it's not me that's seeing, it's God who causes me to see. You know, He's shining the light so that I can see. And He is destroying my ego with every situation. And so when you look around at everybody, do you just see a bunch of ego? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> ego maniacs. Ego maniacs. I'm gonna make a song. Is there a song called Ego Maniac yet? <laughs> no, right. Write a song, Ego Maniac. <laughs> I see a bunch of egos. Is that what you see? Like people just thinking I'm great, I'm great. Yes. You're great. You're without, great. Just Yeah, without even being aware that that's what they're thinking. 
Yeah, that must be so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I'm on the phone counseling with people and they're screaming about what someone has done to them or said to them, all I hear is ego. Yeah. All they're saying is, this person hurt my ego and I just can't believe it. Why? Yeah. I'm going to get them. You know, just, they're just feeding their ego. That's all it's about. And there's no compassion, no love. It's all ego screaming. When a wife wakes up in the morning mad about nothing, and the man is like this, <laughs> all sleeping, having a sweet dream, and she's laying there looking at him, <laughs> and then he wakes up and she's like, why are you smiling in your sleep? <laughs> she's saying, you know what, you're up here resting, and my ego is on the run, <laughs> and you need to care about that. <laughs> But it's all ego. That's why God said we must be born. We must be born again. He said you got to lay down the life in order to receive life. And you got to die from that ego, uh, dark-driven life that you have. There is no you. There is no you. But you, but you have confidence and you... In that ego? It's coming, no, you drop it. I think that's the fear. I think the fear is that if you drop your ego, you're nothing, and you and it you is. won't be able to speak up, and people step on you. And right, that's another lie that comes from the ego. Yeah. As a matter of fact, with the ego, you're nothing. Yeah. You're absolutely nothing. If you want to become something, then you need to return to your Creator. Then you will become something. And in that, it's not you; it's Him that's working through you. Now, if you really ego people are nothing. They're nothing, bunch of Dung. Everybody know what dung is? Yes. Horse manure. <laughs> That's what dung is, I think. Or cow manure. That's all it is. It's all ego-driven, nothing kind of... That's why God just let you die off and make another one. He doesn't have a funeral. He doesn't care that you're dying off. He let the, bear, the dead bury the dead. All the ego people are burying the next ego person. And he's creating a new life and hope that they'll get it right. That's all he's doing while you're hooping and hollering over a dead ego. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's nothing. Your ego is not worth anything but death. That's all it's about. And you're working hard to keep it alive, and it's killing you anyway. Isn't that amazing? You know what's so amazing about this? I can see this. Really, that's what's amazing about it. Because before I could not see it, I didn't know all this was going on with me. And I just didn't know it because I could not see. Isn't that amazing? You're on a roll today. God bless you. Thank you. you have a life. You're absolutely 100% correct. I, I've been seeing a lot more things. You've been seeing. Yeah. Right on. And just stay there. Let it happen. Let it unfold. Yes, sir? I have a question that's more an angel force. If... Uh, if Kelly called you, though, Ain't that who? I don't want you to aim at force anymore. Okay. It, just about you now. Let's move on to you. Okay, well, fine. Leave Even poor force alone. Force, did you leave I'm... your gun at home today? <laughs> did you leave your gun at home? <laughs> don't pull it out on this guy. It's in the car. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very well. Then, then, then this uh, question concerns what, uh, what we uh, discuss about. Even if, uh, even if we were able to... Um, do everything right, uh, right, have our own lives organized, would that make us any better than we are? No. 
That's you still be no good. That's perhaps what, uh, what we should invite uh, these challenges and mista uh, mistakes. We are uh, we're given the free uh, free of the fa uh, fail falls. The only way a uh, way we can uh, really grow up. No, an organized life is still a messed up life. Yeah, really, it's because most people organize their physical life because they're so messed up on the inside, and they just figure, you know, if I can just organize everything around me. If, if everybody's at, on their cell phone, turn your cell phones on. And when I call, answer them, I need you. You know, my organized life has to be in order. If you want an orderly life, you got to let go of the organized life. Then you can have an orderly life. Everything's done by God and through him. Uh, I, can't, I don't even like organized people. Mm -mm. I'll, give it, I'll give it. My, uh, my, uh, a real dear and close friend of mine used to have an organized life, and I couldn't stand him. Because if you mess up a little thing in his little organized life, he's going to curse you out. Why are you touching my stuff? This is how I do it. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> like this is not going to work. You gotta, and now that doesn't mean you let your life just go astray. I hope you understand that, right? But most people are organizing their lives because they're so unorganized within. It's an ego-driven organization. Isn't that amazing? The ego is something else. That's why God wants us to let it go. It is not healthy. Yes. I'd like to give a small example. Uh, sample. Then I'll keep quiet. When I, uh, you when promise? I, okay. No, I'm sure. Okay. Anyway, when I went, uh, went bowling, when I, uh, when I threw the ball, uh, ball out, almost, it almost went on the gutter, went into the gutter, but, the, but uh, to my amazement, it bounced off the gutter and hit it, and knocked uh, <laughs> knock half the pins off. I guess this was God's way of saying that we should never take it, never try to take even our funds to, as serious. See, just take things as they are, or, or go, um, Take things that are enjoy, enjoy the moment. That's right. Let the pinball hit the gutter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let the ball go in the gutter. It's okay. You're right. Very good example. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're talking about ego and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, being nothing. You know, lots of people are terrified to be nothing. Their identity is such they couldn't possibly stand be nothing. Do you feel that way too? I used to. Yeah. Used You're right to. about that. When you have like that quiet moment, you ever had that quiet moment when nobody's calling, the kids are gone, you're home alone, and all of a sudden you feel like nothing. You feel like you're not important. You feel like just a bunch of nothing. And you work so hard to be something, right? And here comes this quiet moment, going to tell you that you are nothing. Now you're thinking about calling Aunt Mary, Uncle Joe, your worst enemy. And then when you call them up, you hang up and wonder, why did I call that person? I don't even like that person. But your ego cannot handle feeling like nothing. That's such a good point. That's why people got, they have text messages now, cell phones and everything. I noticed that when I get on the airplane, before people can sit down for a moment to say hi to the person next door, they're on their computers. Or they're on the phone. Not a moment of quietness to realize you're nothing. Your ego cannot handle being alone. It has to die if it's alone. And it just, it, it, anybody ever had that? It is painful.
you call up, you know, like the first thing you want to do, call up Uncle Joe. You make a long distance call unnecessarily to run away from that death feeling. You're absolutely right. You got to let yourself feel that way. It, it, an identity has formed around your ego. That's right. And that's you. Yeah. And you, you don't want to give up you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yet you have to. If but you want to live. But that's that's the way that's the way really life really is. Yeah. That's right. No. I want to ask you a question, but let me go to tell the person I come back to. Yeah. I was just going to say that I notice, um, you know, when I'm at college, you know, at school and class, you know, people can't even just sit there and take notes because most people take notes on their computer, but they're on at least three or four different websites at once, checking their mail, talking to people that are in the class <laughs> online on IM, you know, catching up on celebrity gossip, shopping. Yeah. Like actually shopping while they're in class. Three or four different things, and then they'll, you know, take a note or two and just like, how much are you paying for your education? <laughs> Isn't just, just imagine what's going to happen in the future when these young people become adults and they have not overcome that ego. They've kept it alive by being so unconscious. You're going to say one word to them and they're going to shoot you. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, hi, how you doing? Why are you saying hi to me? They're not going to be able to handle anything because they're not dying from the ego at all. They're totally feeding it by, be, by staying unconscious, unaware of it. Absolutely. I see it all the time, folks. We're in trouble here. Absolutely in trouble. Did you have your hand, Mr. Cameraman? No, you didn't? Oh, okay. Anybody else? Yes, sir. You said yourself that this ego self that you have, totally untrustworthy. Yes. You cannot trust this. Yes. You cannot trust it with, with heavenly information. Yes. It will find a way to twist that around sure or will. use it for its own purpose. Yeah. Now. You can't talk back to it or anything. Where does, and yet you're asking, are are you asking for the ego to let itself go? We be asking. Well, you know how you say you need to let go of that. Yes, that die is, from the ego. Right, but um, if the ego is treacherous, it can seem to let go and yet not. Really not if you're aware of it. But um, how does the ego let go of itself? The ego doesn't let go of itself. It's, the, it's light, the other self. Yeah, the light causes it to leave. It cannot live when you're aware of it. It can't live in the light. Like when you go into a dark room and you turn the light on, the darkness fades away, right? You don't know about that? Yes. Okay. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of going a I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like a step ahead. Well, that's how it is with the ego. When you become aware of one mind of God, when you become conscious, then the darkness starts to fade away. And that's the ego dying away. And it still come back and try to tempt you, but if you are aware, if you're conscious of it, it, it dies. It has no more power. And at times, and I've you find yourself doing what's right. You yeah, find yeah. yourself living this life. I've had those experiences. They just don't seem to ever like catch a a, um, a good grip for good. You don't know, make that for, determination. It just seems to you don't know, make that determination. Be there and sometimes not. Don't make that determination. You don't know that. That's your ego telling you that. And I hear that from a lot of folks. Well, well, I do it for a while, but it doesn't really catch on. That's your ego telling you that. A little bit of light is better than all these words you have in your head. 
That's another lie from the ego. You're not telling yourself that. Your ego is telling you that. Your ego is saying, it's not catching on. You know, you were happy a few minutes ago, but you're not happy now. Yep. And you're still listening to the lie. Isn't that amazing? That's why I say there is no you. It's a battle between the light and the darkness. And you're the observer. You know, that's a very good point. A lot of people have that issue. Anybody ever felt that way? Well, I was on cloud nine a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. If you could just even be aware of that and don't get into a dialogue about it, because a dialogue would bring on worry. A dialogue would tell you you're disconnected from God. You'll lose your way. But if you could just watch that and don't worry, you're on track. Absolutely on track. I would get addressed this morning, and my ego caused me to think about someone who had been mean to me. And it said, you could do this to that person. And I started cracking up. I'm like, that is too funny. But it is constantly trying to tempt you back into it. But I am learning to become the observer of the not me instead of this, this wordy thing. Anything that you associate with words like that is going to throw you off track. That is not God talking to you and it's not you talking to you. It is the deceiver. And you just have to, so you may fall down for a minute. That's okay. Fall down, get back up again. But don't try to control it. No, it fall down. Because I'm evil or something. That's what it's telling you. You got to realize there is a battle between the two. So it's going to tell you, you fell down because you're evil. Your prayers are not working. You know, this and that. If you believe a lie, you're gone. You are a goner. You got to recognize the two voices. God does not talk to you in your head in an audible voice. That's not God. And it's not you. Can you hear that? Yes, sir. <laughs> All of your life, because of your resentment, you're reacting to everything and you're just suppressing it. And it's just pile on, pile on, pile on. When you sit still and know God, now He is shining a light on all of this stuff that is causing you pain, all of the resentment, all the things that, all the stuff that's been holding you back in life. He is now allowing you to see it so you can overcome it. So He will cause you to overcome it. But the problem is you still listen to that voice that said, look at bad you. Look how awful you are. You have not changed. And you still believe that lie rather than let it pass. Take the pain. It is better so you can overcome. Because the pain is just shining on your ego. It's just shining on your, your pride. It's shining on the thing that doesn't want to die. And it feels like you because you're so identified with it. Really, you are in a blessed mode when you see all this stuff about yourself that you've been holding down for so long. That's a blessing to see that. That's why I know I'm no darn good. Because I see all this stuff, I'm thinking, wow, this is a trip. So I, you know, I see myself, but I'm not mad about it anymore. Let it hurt, but don't be mad about it, and you're then set free. You want it. That's the whole purpose of praying. So you ask God to let me see myself, right? Let me overcome, and he let you see it, and you get mad about it. If you don't see this stuff, you can never go free. So you're in the right place when you see it. And, yet, and it's not you that's hurting, but it's the spirit, this ego spirit that's made a home inside of you that's hurting. Let yourself hurt. Stay with the prayer. Let yourself hurt. You've been deceived. That's all it is. It's like the devil's like, see, I told you this is what you look like. 
I told you you're no darn good. I told you people thinking badly about you. And you start to believe the lie again, and that's where the problem is. Instead of just watching it and letting it pass. All right? Let me, I have a phone. Do we have a call? Yes. Okay. We have a few calls from Robert from Indiana. Okay. Um, the first is, where does the ego come from? Um, and basically, when does it begin? The ego comes, it's kind of come way back from Adam and Eve, whole syndrome thing. But it basically starts when you're born in a family that's all messed up. You know, the father's not there or angry, the mother's angry. And then they start to pressure the kids, and you start to resent your parents. And resentment is judging them, even as little kids. Because, you know, for a while, kids say, I'm okay, mom or dad, fine, I'll let it go. But they keep pressing you until you start to resent them, and that's when you start to build the ego. It really starts there for the most part. We, we somewhat have it when we were born anyway, but it is, it is given life in childhood when we resent our situation. But if you can learn to forgive, that's what causes you to overcome it. Um, that's why you see kids when they, at first they seem to be really nice and sweet and forgiving, and then by the time they're 10 years old, you start to see something else. And by the time you're 12 or 13, you've lost them. Because that ego is building right then, because now they're resenting and judging everything around them as well. And resentment comes from hatred, from judging, from overreacting. That's where the ego comes from, I mean. Yeah, okay. Question number two. Is this ego, is this ego Satan's tool that God allows? Yes. The ego is the nature of the devil, but we do need it for a while because in the, with the ego, you're in a fallen state, which means that you're unhappy because you're now separated from God, right? And in that fallen state, you have a false love, an emotional love, and that emotional love brings us together. If you want to get married, if you didn't have that, because if you're totally at peace, you wouldn't want to get married. Well, why would you want to be married if you're already happy, you know? Only unhappy people want to get married. And so you need that ego in order to bring yourself together as one, that fallen state. You also need it when you're young. It motivates you. It drives you for a career or get up and go to work and all that kind of stuff. But when you start to get old and you start to fade away, it's when you have to overcome it. When you've had all the children you need to have, when you're through with sex and no more Viagra, you know, and all that. Then you let the ego start to die, you know, because now you want to reconnect with your heavenly father. Sex is unimportant because you have children. Um, you, you got your career, your life going well, so you don't need to be outwardly driven. You now can do what's right, so you return to the father. So it is good for a while, and then you have to, that's why God said you have to be born again when we, when we become of age. Did that make sense? Yes. Yes. That's it? Yes. Oh, thanks for that call. I appreciate it. Um, yes, ma'am. You had something you wanted to say a little earlier? Oh, I was just going <coughs> to um, agree about um, saying that um, you have to, and I always say it, you have to constantly um, be um, focused on um, uh, the word because um, you will constantly fall out of that good state of, I'm being aware, or your awareness, we call it awareness, 
So when you you'll constantly fall out of awareness, and then you'll be controlled by your anger and everything. That's Even when I'm like um, listening to the Bible in my car, and somebody cuts me off, I'll curse, and I'm like, I'm listening to the Bible, <laughs> and I'll just. And, but instead of me letting it beat me down and say, Oh, look at you, see, I told right. you it was no good. I say, I'll oh, get out of here. I, Fine, I'm, I'll get right back on course. Yeah. You know, I say, just be aware. See, there it is. See how sneaky? It's real sneaky. You know, like she was making a comment. When she starts to meditate, she starts to think of all those things um, that causes her pain. And that that's that sneaky little tricky, tricky ego saying, see, look at you. You're never going to get it together. Yeah. You're never going to be right. You just have to say, listen, this is getting me right. And so... You know, just look at it and just push it to the side. You know, it's like it, it can fall in every instance in your life. Like if I'm I'm a I'm a constant person dealing with a weight issue. So weight. I can be doing good today and eat salad and all of that and then five minutes from now have a dessert and be like, see you're no good. Yeah. And I just be like, I'm gonna enjoy my dessert and get over it and so tomorrow true. or the next moment I'll just go back into, you know, Amen, right amen. And speaking of food, Martin bought a, a <laughs> cherry pie. That was a cherry pie, right? Yeah. And just like the devil, he sat it out. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, anybody can have some of this pie, right? And so I ate some pie and ice cream last night. And I woke up this morning, I had a little pudgy belly. And the devil was like, see, you did it again. <laughs> Like, forget about this. That pie was good. I'm glad I ate it, and that was it. And if I have to work out a little harder, fine. But you have to watch how he speaks to you like that. You have to watch you'll keep going. You'll yeah. have more and more pie. That's right. As opposed to saying, okay, you know, I did that. Now I can get back on course. It wants you to stay in that sickness, like, yeah, yeah. look at you. Do sure it again. Does. As a matter of fact, it was the one little piece left today on the stove this morning. It looked beautiful, red and shining. <laughs> But I just looked at it and laughed and walked past. The way you get over this stuff is you have to forgive. you got to forgive. When you forgive others, then God will forgive you. you got to forgive. Just as you can't help yourself, other people cannot help themselves. So you got to get to know yourself so that you can forgive. And I'm telling you, um, when you understand that people cannot help themselves, your parents can help themselves, your loved ones, whomever, your enemy, when you can see that, it will cause you to forgive. And once you forgive, you start to see, as you just said, you see a bunch of egos running around. And you will not take it personally. But you got to forgive. I have a CD that called Be Still and Know. And uh, some people have mentioned that. It's a prayer. And what it would do is calm you down so that the truth can catch up with you. Of yourself, you could do nothing. All of this hooping and hollering and praying and carrying on has done you no good because it's all in vain. You know not what to ask for. You don't know your own needs. God would do it for you. So he said, go into your prayer closet, be still and know him. Uh, so I, I, I encourage you to order a copy of Be Still and Know. We have other stuff on the website there at our bookstore. We have books, Seven Guaranteed Steps to Spiritual Family and Financial Success. Whole lot of stuff there. Also, Many people ask, well, what do I do with my tithe and offering now that I'm watching a uh, part of the bond uh, service? Send it to bond. We need your support. We need to buy other cameras and things like that. So a lot of people want to see the audience. 
and we need uh, cameras to do that. So we need your support. You can send that to Barn. Um, we do counseling by phone. If you need counseling, you don't live in the Los Angeles area, you can call up and, and we provide one-on-one -on -one and family counseling by telephone. You can email us, all kind of good stuff. Tune into the radio show Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We deal with these issues as well, the call-in show. So go to bondinfo.org, bondinfo.org, and put your name in town. Um, oh, no, no, go there for all your stuff. If you want to email us, it's church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town on there, all right? But life is easy when you let go. You got to accept that you're no good. There's nothing wrong with accepting you're no good. Then you can become of good. But as long as you're unwilling to accept that you're no good, you're never going to find goodness. And it's not us, but the Christ that's in us. Uh, the assignment for next week, anybody listening? Yeah, <laughs> 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 put it in, in your phone, whatever. I thought that I was going to talk about Jesus today and who he is. How many of you know Jesus? Nobody raised their hand. You're scared now, huh? Only a favor. Two people know. I just look like she want to raise it. She's raising it like this. <laughs> so nobody else in this room know Jesus. Have you ever heard about him? <laughs> but you don't know him. Why do you say you don't know Jesus? You've been talking about it for a long time. Uh-uh, you. Oh, you never talked about Jesus? Uh, rarely. Rarely? Yes. Okay. Okay. Here's your assignment for the week. I want you to come back next Sunday and tell me who Jesus is. I want you to find out who is Jesus. There's a lot of talk about this man called Jesus. All right? And next week, I want to know who he is. I thought I was going to talk about that today, but it went off in a different direction. All right? What is the assignment for next week? Who is Jesus? Richard, you don't know who Jesus is either? Richard. Who me? Yeah. yeah. You know who Jesus is? No, I didn't know him that well. You don't know him? Oh. But next week, I want to know who is Jesus. This man that we've been talking about for over 200 years or so, right? Yeah. We need to know who he is next week. Um, so when I come back, audience, I want to know from you who is Jesus as well. All right? We've got to talk about it on the radio show this week, too. So if you want to get a hint, you can tune into the radio show and find out who he is. It's important that you know him. It is very important that you know him. Again, thank you for tuning in. Visit my website at bondinfo.org. Um, if you're not getting a radio show in your neighborhood by way of radio, go to the website. You can listen to it live on the Internet, anywhere in the world. All right. I appreciate you guys. It was fun after all. Thank you for having a little input. All right. And thank you for tuning in. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you. guys. <laughs>